Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the live show of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. Trev is taking some time for himself. If you're watching this, Trev, we love you. And make sure everyone sends out some good vibes to our man, Trev. Uh, wishing you come back uh, soon and healthy. Um, it is going to be a great show here for 136 Mm. You're on Ref the District. We, of course, stream live every Wednesday on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Then you can catch us wherever your podcasts are found, thanks to the Believe Network. They believe in people who believe in themselves, and it's good times there. Make sure wherever you're at that you make sure you download all the auto-download, listen to those episodes. Every view, every listen matters. Going to have a good one here as we're going to be talking about Ron Rivera opening up his mouth again in the cool down and our thoughts on that one. We got the new 53 stoner. Mm -hmm. These guys are going to go 17 and 0 until I find out otherwise. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got a new practice squad, a couple different topics to throw in here as well. Uh, Jason Wright going on 106.7, the fan talking about the Redskins moniker. You got mm -hmm. Youngin, the governor out in Virginia, wanting to talk about the stadium. So those things will be here in the warm up. Brought to you by Don't Sleep Energy. Love them. That's right. Don'tsleepenergy.com. Head out there. Use the code REFTHEDISTRICT. Get yourself a discount on all their wonderful products. We love those sugar-free drinks. We know we've been shipping out a few to some of our friends because they are awesome. We do appreciate Don't Sleep Energy, the official energy drink for the Ref the District podcast. Love those guys and love their products. Don't sleep energy bringing you your warm up here because you got to start the time off right. You got to start off with a lot of high energy here and you got to start off with a proper practice squad mm. owner. Yep. Washington commanders signed the following players to the practice squad tackle Alex Akinbulu. Is that how you say it? And we're going to go I, with it. I always looked at it and said Akinbulu, but Akinbulu Gubu is cool. What did you say? Aking? Aking Bulu. Aking Bulu. I like it. Okay. AA, another tackle there, developmental guy. Kashmir Allen finding his way on the practice squad. A lot mm -hmm. of people were thinking he was going to make the 53. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Another guy that you specifically thought was going to make it. Alex mm -hmm. Arma yep. uh, is right there, tight end fullback. William Bradley King, familiar name. Former late round pick, kind of you know sticking around the roster here, not making the initial fifty three. Mason Brooks, my early pick for the District Diamond, yeah, finds right. finds finds his way onto the practice squad. Terrell Burgess, Tariq Castro Fields, Jake Fromm. Mm -hmm. You can see in the image here he did make the practice squad. Derek Gore, yep. Dejon Harris, yep. Jared Jones-Smith tackle, Nolan Loffenberg, yep. center, Binning Potato. Potato is uh, here. Uh, Bryson Tremaine, who I thought had a really good outing in preseason. He is a taller guy out of Stanford. Yep. And um, 
you know, one of the ones they brought in, they liked him as an undrafted free agent. He's here on the practice squad. And Nick Whiteside, the second, yep. is here. And then there's one more mm-hmm. who I would love to talk about. We already got people in the chat, Patriot Clips, talking about this one. I love the Jabril Cox pickup. Hoping he's 100% now and can contribute this season. That's from Patriot Clips if you're listening to the audio uh, format. I, I also like this one. Mm. This is a guy, this is a linebacker who Washington picked up from Dallas. If that yep. sounds anywhere near familiar, it's because Washington picked up one John Ridgeway from Dallas last year. Sure that did. one was off waivers, got him, uh, took him off uh, the hands of our division rival. Jabril Cox is a little different, though, Stoner. Yeah. Well, Jabril Cox is a guy who was – uh, released from the Cowboys and had an opportunity. They wanted him back on their practice squad. And he said, you know what? I'm done here. I'm going to go try to find somewhere else. And he decided to come to Washington. My theory is pretty simple, is that him or his agent looked at the depth chart, the linebacker depth chart here in Washington, and says, you know what? I got a shot to play more over there than I did, uh, than I than the shot that I have in Dallas. So I'm going to go over and get on their practice squad and hopefully – move my way up. So I think it's a pretty good signing. This is a, what a fourth rounder from just a couple of years ago that, uh, you know, played with LSU. So he's a stud. He has trouble stopping the run. That's not his specialty. Uh, So we'll see if he can improve on that. And of course his health, his Patriot clips uh, noted there that hopefully now he's hundred percent healthy, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's not get crazy and say, okay, this is a guy who's going to come in and take uh, backup or even starter minutes right away. So let's just kind of be patient, see how it plays out. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of buzz coming around him. So he started his college career at North Dakota State, mm-hmm. uh, moved on, like you said, to LSU as a graduate transfer in 2020. Yep. And really looked pretty good. Got himself drafted in uh, the fourth round, as you mentioned, 115th overall. So just outside that top 100 range mm-hmm. that we talk about all the time is about being impact players. How much of a liability is stopping the run for a linebacker, though? Oh, I mean, that's their number one priority. Now, of course, this is a passing league now, and you'll even see in Washington where they're going to play a lot of just one linebacker sets. We didn't, As Ron even said, he's only keeping four linebackers because uh, they barely play that base 4-3. They usually play a 5-2-4 um, or a 5-1-5. So it's not as big as it used to be it's that's the whole devalue of that linebacker position is that they're not these run stuffers that they used to be. There are guys who need to be out in space covering these stud tight ends, these running backs out of the backfield more and more these crossing routes. The, the schemes on offense are so good. They need athletes in mm-hmm. the linebacker position nowadays, not so much as, as run stuffers, but of course you still have to be able to do that as well. Yeah. Uh, current uh, depth chart is not uh, set in stone, but you got Jamin Davis and Cody Barton as your one and two, David mm-hmm. Mayo and Kalike Hudson as your third and four. How? Yeah. Where would you? Where would you line up Mayo and Hudson? Because if Cox is gonna be working his way up the depth chart from practice mm-hmm. squad, whose spot is he taking from Hudson and Mayo? Yeah, I. I don't think anybody there's a, there's a reason that he's on a practice squad. There's a reason he wasn't claimed off of waivers. 
There's a reason he was released by Dallas because he's not necessarily a top line starter at this point. Maybe he can work his way into that, like I said, but right now he's not. So he's not taking minutes from any of those guys at this point. It's probably going to take an injury. It's probably going to take ineffective play for a certain amount of time before he moves up. All right, fair enough. I will point out there are players who get cut every year who do make efficient starters mm -hmm. sure. uh, on teams, but I can see where we're going to have to wait for Jabril Cox to kind of work his way into the system. I know if Trev were here, yeah, he would be telling us he's got to be able to replace Miracle Whip at yeah. some point in time. No, so Ron, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch that one for you, Trev. Yeah, Ron loves Mayo. He he just does. He's a he's a uh, he's a gel kind of guy. He uh, David Mayo is. He's a leadership leadership guy. He's a guy that Ron can depend on to be there and to mm. be in the right place. He's not going to make flashy plays or anything. That's why he's a backup. But he is a guy that's dependable, and Ron is going to stick with his guy. So that's why he's here. It's not because he's some great linebacker, but it's because Ron trusts him and Ron likes him, and and he's in the right spot. Yeah, the name uh, I'm, I'm the name is slipping me right now. Stars, All right, so maybe you'll have to help me. You. There was an older veteran who Ron brought in at linebacker mm. who Mayo reminds me of because he was he was very smart player Mayo. So was yep Thomas the, Davis probably Thomas Davis here. Yeah, From Carolina S sure smart player. Yep. He knew where he needed to be. Yep. He was just a step slow. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, that's, and that's what Mayo brings, right? That's Mayo. And and so you know that Jabril Cox um, has more athleticism, is a better athlete, but he's probably not as dependable as mm -hmm. a guy like Mayo. Freelance is probably once too many times, right? Yeah. Again, there, there's a reason he was available to be, to be signed to your practice squad, not to your 53. There was a reason. But it is it is um, interesting, I think, that of all the guys that got um, released within this week when they went from 90 to 53, which we did the math or somebody did the math. It was like 1,105 guys or something that got released. Mm -hmm. And the amount of guys who got claimed, I don't know what that number is, but I know the percentage Small. was 2%. Yeah, I I'd seen, yeah, I'd seen the full list. The yeah. full list is not even two guys. full pages. Right, right. Yeah, and it, it is a very, very small list there of yeah. people who got uh, cut and then went to the waivers and got picked up on the waivers. Right. Um, before I get to more of our 15 that we signed, the okay. 16th, uh, you can have 16 players. Jabril Cox does make up the, the, the 16th there. Right. Um, and there's going to be still some fluid movement here. We'll talk more about how the 53 is already seen some changes yep. uh during the game i want to talk about this practice squad and maybe a name that some people were expecting to yeah. be there yeah that isn't there and that's Jarrett patterson okay, he sure. was probably the number one player we heard about yeah. this week when he was cut that was the fan favorite he's a local kid he's got a lot of heart and yeah. when he plays he just he just plays he didn't make he makes plays right but, but He's not he's not on the 53. Yeah. He's he was on the Monday cuts and they said uh th those who are cut on Monday are not likely to be put on the practice squad and sure enough here we are Jarrett Patterson not on this list of 16 for Washington. Yeah. Why is that Stoner? Yeah, I don't uh, that is interesting because to the best of my knowledge, he's not on anybody's practice squad. 
He's just out there with the other 800 and some odd guys who don't have jobs from all these cuts and not on practice squads either. I'm just making up a number. I have no idea what it is. It's probably like 500. But still, he doesn't have any job. And my theory has always been with Jarrett Patterson and why he wanted to get released is because he does have the talent and he's just kind of tired of the going up and down from the practice squad, back and forth. Is he going to be contributing? Is he going to play? Is he going to get cut again and again? And he's just kind of tired of that. And he felt that he had the talent to latch on with another team. Now, it hasn't happened yet, but it doesn't mean that it won't. Sure. It took Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, that's a running back that's we had one. here in Washington. It took him a few years to latch on. Yeah. He ends up in the Super Bowl with Cincinnati. Sure. Uh, it's yeah, Bruce Glass pointing out Patterson's still available. He's still out yeah. there. I think he's going to land he's somewhere. Gonna it's a hundred percent. It's it's probably going to be on somebody's practice squad at first. He's going to have to work his way up. I don't think they're he's going to get signed straight to fifty three. But I know yeah. that was one that people wanted to talk about. Roger seems to be on the the more uh, clear minded side. It might get me in trouble, but. Roger, you know, it doesn't do us any good. It's time to move on from Jag players. Just another guy players get some dogs. That's what Dallas does. They don't waste time with garbage players. Now, I imagine that was towards Patterson, but it could have been to Jabril Cox. But it is Tommy T bringing it up. There's there's going to be opportunities for him to play and showcase his talents. Patterson, D.C. defenders might be one of those. Uh, As you mentioned, he has talent. We see it when he's playing. He does things, you know, he's, he's an exciting player to watch. You saw that in Buffalo. We've seen that here in the last couple of years mm-hmm. in Washington. So that was just the one I want to highlight because I do not really think out of all the cuts Washington made and then building this practice squad, was there anybody else who stood out that did not make the practice squad that you were like, whoa, I thought that guy would have made this? In terms of guys who were... Washington least- cut. Yeah, Washington cut mm-hmm. and then... You know, they didn't sign to the practice squad. No, I don't think so. I think all the guys, yeah. But also, I think with Jarrett Patterson, this is just my theory as well. It's kind of along the same lines as Taylor Heineke, okay? And, And hear me out on this. Is that Taylor Heineke was always that guy that the team turned to when they were desperate. And he always did his job. He wasn't mm-hmm. great at it, but he sure. he did what he could. So every time Ron needed somebody to step up from the very beginning in that playoff game at the very end of the year and then the playoff game, and then when Fitzpatrick got hurt, it was, he turned to Heineke. When Wentz got hurt, he turned to Heineke. And every time he keeps turning to Heineke and Heineke helps him out, and by the end, they wanted Heineke to come back again to be Howell's backup. And Heineke was just kind of fed up. He, he was like, I'm going somewhere else where I got a chance to actually start because you don't appreciate me. And that's kind of what I think with Jarrett Patterson. Every time somebody got hurt and you needed to move a running back up, I was there and I was dependable. I never did anything to hurt the team. And I, and I was dependable and I never complained. And now he's finally like, I'm tired of this. You keep drafting running backs. You've drafted running backs three consecutive years when I'm sitting right here. So let me go. I'm not going to sign back on the practice squad. I'm going to go somewhere else. That's just my theory. It it, it could be. And like I said, we wish him the best. Let's get back to the guys who are actually on this roster. Uh, I'm excited to see Mason Brooks there. 
Uh, Derek Gore was the running back that one, and I thought that he did fairly well in the preseason. Sure. Jonathan Williams looked like he had the inside track to that fourth running back spot, which doesn't really exist. But right. uh, in this roster, they're only keeping three right now in the 53. Yeah. Uh, so I thought Jonathan Williams was the fourth running back. I thought I do think Derek Gore was number five and Jarrett Patterson was six. Mm. And and you kind of saw that. And I think and I mentioned this before, Jarrett Patterson, I think, saw that he, he you could hear it in, in his conversations that he was having with media when he's being asked questions. He you knew he knew his stance or his place on this roster. And yeah. so he talked about being kind of one of those with those one of the uh, 31 other teams. But to the credit of the guys ahead of Jarrett Patterson, we're big JFP fans here mm-hmm. in this house as uh, I'm making sure I eat, shout out to EP, even if, if right. she also has to eat crow. I had to yeah. eat crow. You had to eat crow. EP yeah. having to eat crow, I yep. think, owes uh, Gregory a dollar uh, for, <laughs> for not making him not making the 53. But to, to give credit to where credit's due, Jonathan Williams and Derek Gore were doing the things asked of them and they were showing out when it was their time. So it's not like Jarrett Patterson. I, I don't think he necessarily got the, the same amount of touches, but the guys who got touches ahead of him didn't show any signs of wanting to give that up. And yeah. Derek Gore, I think is excellent. Jonathan Williams, obviously ending on in IR. I'm, I'm yep. again, did we find out what happened to him stoner? I haven't heard anything. Uh, no, specifically the injury. Yeah. No, I did not hear the specific injury to Jonathan Williams, but he's on season ending IR. Although mm-hmm. I did hear rumblings though, that they are going to do a buyout. Now, if you do an injury buyout, I believe you can, he can, he can sign on to team. another team. Yeah. He, right. he won't come here, but he'll sign on to another team. So, yeah. All right. That, that probably makes some sense. Um, he probably also wants to get his, uh, his place. Uh, one of the ones that kind of stood out to me was Castro Fields. This mm-hmm. is a guy who came to the team last year yeah, uh, with Wild Goose. Wild Goose yep. was the one who ends up getting the spot. Castro Fields, I believe, had an injury. Uh, someone correct me if I'm wrong on mm-hmm. that one. Uh, but now we're seeing Castro Fields. Wild Goose is gone. He's not sticking around. Yeah. And Castro Fields at least made the practice squad. What do you yep. what do you make of that young guy? Because this is somebody who I think a lot of people were excited about last year coming from the 49er system. People thought pretty highly of him. Dude. He ends up not making the team over Wild Goose. And then now all of a sudden he makes the, the practice squad this year. Yeah, I've, that's a position that they only kept. What did they keep? Just the four guys, just the four starters. At corner, is that right? If if I'm not mistaken, uh, five, uh, five, oh, yeah. yeah. So it was. There's nine total. They listed Quan Martin as a safety, right? So four yeah. then. So just yes. the, just just well, the that four. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So Danny yeah. Johnson being the fourth, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So that means that guys like Castro Fields and uh, who Whiteside is another guy. And did they keep another one? I think that's it. But those are those are a couple of guys that are probably going to be called on at some point during the season, because you have injury prone yeah. type so corners. I, let me make sure I correct ourselves before someone gets okay. in there and chat on uh, yeah. on the correction. Looking at the the roster here, yeah. So it's uh, five and five. Forbes, okay. St. Juice, Fuller, Holmes, and Danny oh. Johnson. We're yeah, forgetting about we're forgetting about Christian Holmes. Yep. Uh, 
uh, Quan Martin, Derek Forrest, Cam Curl, Percy Butler, and Jeremy Reeves as the safeties. So yeah. Five, five and five. Yeah. So the, the important thing though, of course, there is that um, they need to have these guys that they can count on. And so mm-hmm. there's a couple of guys with white side and, and Castro fields that obviously proved to the team that they're good enough to be available when the team needs him, whether it's because of injury or poor play in the secondary, they're going to be able to call on him. So he is an interesting guy. Like you said, he has some experience and they did uh, bring him back onto the practice squad. I, I just know this, that if Castro fields is in the game, we're in trouble. It, it's, it at doesn't point, bode well. It doesn't, it doesn't bode well. We kind of saw some of that in, in uh, preseason. You can tell he is actively behind uh, those other players there. Yep. Uh, the the conversation in the chat right now is yep. about the, the, the quality of linebacker play. Yeah. Only Dejon Harris makes it, at, you know, obviously Jabril Cox, uh, only linebackers in there. We talked about why that is, right? This is a team that doesn't use three linebacker sets very often, if at all. Uh, most of the time when we see them have three linebackers, it's in uh, quotation marks as right. they more than likely are bringing down or using one of their safeties in that spot. Yep. Um, like let's the get Quan Martin. Being yeah, like Quan Martins and everybody. Yeah. Yep. So let's I just wanted to address that because I saw that conversation being very active there. Yeah. Let's go to the wide receivers that made it. Kashmir Allen and Bryson yep. Tremaine. Yeah. Um, Cashmere Island obviously was brought on to, you know, test the limits and see whether or not he can be a practice squad guy. I think that he actively was not good at a, at the wide receiver position. Correct. Correct. Yep. Uh, so even though I think that he brings some kind of flair as a return specialist. Yeah. Didn't bring enough as at the wide receiver Tremaine being very much a developmental guy, taller wide Big receiver. Um, but maybe not nearly as polished as some of those above him. What are your takes on uh, those two? Yeah, Casimir Allen is a is a very intriguing guy. I think he started off pretty hot in the OTAs and then into the early part of training camp. He was somebody people were keeping an eye on because he has explosiveness. And that's something that we haven't had for in our return game in a few years, basically since Steven Sims Jr. left when Sims was – not fumbling the ball all over the place, but he didn't do anything. He didn't do enough to impress from the punt return position to be able to say we can keep a specialist back there because mm-hmm. as a route runner, as a wide receiver, as a guy who's trying to catch the ball, he's got a long way to go. That's what everybody sure. says. He's, he needs to develop. Yeah. He needs to work on all that. And you just can't right now. You just can't keep a guy just because he has potential to break a touchdown. Yeah. Some of the stats we put out about Dax Milne, who of course did make the team and is going to be the punt returner at this point, is that there were three punt return touchdowns this past year in the entire NFL. So it's not like he's he's a guy that's going to go out there and get two or three a year. He's probably, even if he catches every single one, he's probably not going to get a whole lot of uh, touchdowns. Sure. So let's kind of, you know, let him develop as a receiver so that they can use him in that spot as well and not make him um, take up just a specialist spot. Sure. Uh, the stats you're mentioning on Dax Milne, by the way, I haven't yeah. pulled up here. They're at, he had 40 returns. 
most in the NFL. Yep. Largely thanks to the defense, you know, making those stops there. Yep. Uh, 22 fair catches. That's fourth most. Yep. A little surprising there. That means even though he had the most opportunities to fair catch, he was fourth on that list. So it means that I always felt, and it's true that ha- more than half the time he was fair catching, it felt like more than that. Did yeah. it to you, Stoner? It felt like most of the time he just was, he was just out there just to <laughs> fair yeah. catch it. Yeah. And which is okay. I think I, I know everybody wants, you know, Deion Sanders back there or, what was the uh, Dante Hall or something? You mm-hmm. know, one of these great returners that that they want out there. I mean, look, the guy from um, Cincinnati, right? I can't remember his name. Maybe it's Taylor. I can't remember. Yeah, Taylor. Who he got cut? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was he had I think he had one of the returns for a touchdown. He was might have led the league in punt return average. They cut him. Because the value, that's just another one of those things that the value of a punt returner is so down that the coaches just catch the ball, don't mm-hmm. turn it over. I know you're not going to do anything explosive for us, uh, you know, against them, but don't do anything explosive for them in terms yeah. of turning the ball over. And so that's why Casimir Allen is not necessarily on this team, but they see the promise in him. So they're going to try and develop him. And that's why they signed him back in the practice squad. Yeah. So he averaged 7.8 yards per return. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was 12th amongst guys with 25 plus returns. Now, Stoner, do you happen to have how many actual yards it was? 309. It's 309 or 390. Yeah. I think it was 309. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's off of, yeah. So, the 7.8 yards per return is counting those fair catches. Yeah. Which is fair. I mean, but when I'm thinking of the return, I'm thinking of those 18 times he actually runs yeah. the ball. So that doesn't look nearly as bad when you when you do it that way, right? That's sure. 17 yards average. Yep. Does it I again, this is this is I think there's got to be some kind of memory bias here, Stoner, where yeah. we're just remembering him never getting anywhere. Yes. But when he actually run, runs, he's getting a 17-yard average here. No, let now, me Now, granted, he has zero 20-plus yard returns. That's yeah, let none, me burst your bubble yeah. Yeah. on this in that those 40 punt returns are not fair catches. That's a separate stat. Okay. So your fair catches are fair catches. That doesn't count against yards. It's not uh, okay. a return. 40 is the ones he actually returned. So that he did not. Fail. Okay. Okay. So, so he, all to- total, he had 62. Ex- yes. Exactly. Opportunities to return. Right. 40 returns. Okay. So that's where it comes. Cause I was, I was sitting there. I was just like, wait a minute. If he, <laughs> yeah. if he has 40 returns, 18 of those. So, okay. So he's only fair catching. Dax Milne is only fair catching one third of the time. Roughly. Right. That's right. 20 something, okay. not a 60. And not very explos- uh, explosive again. 12th among uh, those with 25 plus returns. Yeah. No 20, uh, no, no 20 yard pluses, but that's seven yards a, a clip. I mean, that's, that's enough to, you know, do something. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it, again, it kind of just goes back to Casimir Allen in that Dax Milne also, not only is he a dependable returner, he is a very dependable wide receiver. Mm-hmm. That's what 
Casimir Allen cannot do. And they cannot afford to use a roster spot on your 53. Those spots are so valuable. They cannot use it on a guy who all he does is potentially get you a punt return. Yeah, there was a lot of times last year that we saw Dax Milne on the field over guys like Cam Sims, Mm-hmm. over guys like Dimey Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And and it's largely because where he sits as a, as a wide receiver, he is an inside slot guy. And so if right. you go four wide, you, can, you know you can put him in there and he's going to run the right route. That's so right. That and one's, he's going to uh, catch the ball. Interesting. Yep. And then the other guy, Bryson Tremaine, who I really like, and he's, I think he's 6'4", 215, something like that. And he was fairly impressive in camp. And again, he's a rookie, undrafted mm. free agent. He's He's got potential, and that's why they're bringing him onto the practice squad to see if they can develop him. I was surprised that Kyrick McGowan didn't get any run at all, either on practice squad or the 53. Now, I don't think he was going to make the 53. But this is a guy who, whenever you saw the receivers working out, when you saw Terry and... Jahan and Brian Robinson and Gibson and Deami Brown and Sam Howell and Jacoby. Kyrick McGowan was another one of those guys that was there. So he had the effort and he had the attitude. He just, I guess he just doesn't have the talent to break into that group that they didn't even want to bring him back on practice squad too. Yeah. There's still going to be some, some mix there. I'm not going to use the word because Tommy T has got a tracker going <laughs> already. We're at one. Uh, and I don't want to add to that. What's the I, word? Fluid? There we go. That's oh, two that's now. Okay. Tommy T's got us on, on two for that one as the roster is in flux, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the last player I'm going to talk about before we move on to Jason Wright's comments and okay. also Stadium in Virginia discussion here, and that is Jake Fromm. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about him here because he made the practice squad vice the 53, even though this conversation stoner largely is – why didn't he make the 53? We know he makes the practice squad because he's the QB three. Yeah. Why is that not QB three on the 53? Yeah, I think at some point he probably will be, but it it just totally depends on, on the injury situation, the number situation, all of that uh, for the, for during the course of the year. But Jake Fromm was never a guy who wasn't really challenging for that number two job. And Jake Fromm was definitely not a guy who was going to get picked up by another team. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a risk to release him and then figure out where they can fit him in, possibly onto the 53 at some point. The, the one thing about that we don't see as fans about the whole 53 and practice squad and the whole fluidity of it, I didn't use the word, I used a derivative of the word, I'm pretty sure that counts as a uh, drink for those <laughs> participating in the, the, the drinking game. Yeah. Uh, but there are there are situations with guys' contracts. There are these whole the the vested veterans. There, you know, we can't see those those inner workings of if a guy makes the original fifty three or if he doesn't, and how much the team is going to have to pay in bonuses mm-hmm. or whatever. There's so much that that's why it's never uh, set in stone from right away that here's our 53 and here's our 16 on the practice squad. It's always going to be kind of moving because of those little things. But Jake Fromm is a guy that, that they like. We talked about it yesterday on the daily commanders update that Eric, Eric, the enemy deserves a lot of credit for Jake Fromm 
because he was he was horrific the times that we saw him out on the field against Washington. And now he's out there and people are saying, oh, maybe he should be the number two instead of Jacoby Brissett, which is well, crazy talk. It's amazing what what a year or two of development does and also a different offense that you're seeing uh, because we've seen kind of similar things with Sam Howell. I don't think he's ever should be in the discussion for QB two this year, mm. but maybe this is a QB two next year. Uh, likely they'll probably bring on another developmental talent. If the, if Sam Howell po- uh, pops out there, shout out by the way, to our man, Corey in the chat here on the Warpath. Corey. Corey's awesome. Make sure you hit him up on the Warpath on YouTube. Great guy. Lots of fun here. He, by the way, did say your idity version did count. Uh, my what did version? Your, uh, your idity. I don't know what that version. means. You're going to yeah. have to explain that. <laughs> no. just trying to meet trying to get me to get to number four not gonna happen okay. uh just like you're not going to hear the washington redskins again as mm. the official name for the nfl jason wright jumping on 106.7 the fan talking about a lot of great things by the way oh yeah he was uh, there was a lot of good things to come out of that one there's standing room only for game for for game one, and he threw shade to the Arizona fan base. He's like, great. I played for Arizona. They don't travel. This is Washington fans coming back yeah. to FedEx Field. There, standing room only. However, however, he did kind of, I think, irk some of our own fan base. Hmm. Uh, a very vocal group, uh, whether or not they they're in the majority or minority. Most most likely, I would say the minority, but they're a very vocal group that wants the name to come back. He said directly, it's not going to happen. Yeah, which is great to be able to at least put that to rest, at least for now. We don't know how long Jason Wright's going to be here. We like Jason Wright. We think he's done a, a pretty good job considering that his hands were pretty tied and everything that um he may not even be here in a year and that whole attitude could possibly change. But as of right now, at least for the time being, we can put that whole storyline to rest for the rest of the season. We can focus on football in terms of that. There's all kinds of stuff that goes on off the field as well. But in terms of the name, we knew it wasn't going to happen. We talked about it ad nauseum for the last few months. It's not going back to Redskins until FedEx and I'm just using FedEx as a placeholder for every corporation out there until FedEx says we want it to be Redskins. It's mm-hmm. not going to be Redskins. And so yeah. that's done. I'm glad he was able to put that out there and it went national as well. So now everybody knows it's not going to be Redskins and it, and it was never <laughs> even a possibility. I agree with Corey ripping off the Band-Aid here. Right decision, mm-hmm. just like you said. Uh, and that's why Patriot Clip saying Jason Wright should have waited until we had some wins before he drops that bomb. I like what you added there at the end, right? This is this gets out ahead of it. Yeah. Let's just end this conversation right now. Let's mm-hmm. not hear when Washington's 2-0. and Hey, are, are they going to be the Redskins? Mm. Did you see that Josh Harris was just wearing a burgundy shirt, but no logo? <laughs> no. Maybe that's a sign. No, let's yeah. just let's just focus on football and let's win. Let's keep this excitement. I, I do think that some people have turned this and we're going to talk later about Ron Rivera's comments. We're all supposed to be riding highs right now mm. and they're finding things to to 
kind of nitpick. And now people yeah. are going to be calling for Jason Wright's job because he doesn't like, or he said the Redskins name isn't going to come back. Mm. People are going to go after Ron Rivera because he's, he keeps just talking things uh, into media, which again, we're going to talk about period. that one later. I did. I wrote down a comment from Cody. Uh, so Cody, I will, I will read uh, a, a paraphrased version of your comment. Cause I liked mm. it for, for later. So just to keep me, keep that in mind. I have that. But I do think that it's a it's the right thing to do. Rip off the Band-Aid. Let's get into having some some sports. You mentioned FedEx. Mm -hmm. That's the current sponsor for the current stadium. Yeah. There is, however, some rumblings in Virginia, as uh, AJ Perez had tweeted out today, that Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin scheduled a special session of the General Assembly for next Wednesday where an, an amendment to study a new commander stadium could be on the budget. Hmm. Virginia kind of coming in here. Maryland has done its thing. Virginia's now kind of positioning. We're hearing some rumblings on the DC side, as far yeah. as at least federally things are trying to open up the Avenue there, but how big is it right now for this Virginia thing? And, and do you have any details that might make this simpler? It's, explain it like I'm five stoner about the whole DC, about the whole Virginia. Virginia thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, they have to basically ask the taxpayers for money to be able to do this. So before they can do that, they have to uh, uh, create a bill that says, Hey, we want to talk about, putting a stadium and where are we going to put it and then ask for money and all that. So it's a long way from being an issue. However, uh, at least they're talking about it because for the last year or so they were not talking about it. And they said this, it's just not going to happen because mm. of the whole, uh, the other guy who used to be here. <laughs> I'm not putting a dollar. In yeah. That. Not, not no. putting a dollar in there, uh, but yeah. So now it's great because Maryland wants DC wants us, uh, Virginia wants us, and wherever the stadium ends up, you're going to have one third of the fan base is going to be ticked off. Sure, because sure. It's not in their area, P PCC here, uh, very clearly, yeah. and 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 the non-Virginia camp uh, yeah. putting the stadium in Virginia is a loser, awful state. Uh, for the record, just in case, don't get mad at me. Yeah, PCC nineteen oh one. I'm reading his comment or reading him. their comment here or, because or, yeah. I, that's my job. Um. But uh, also yesterday I happened to be, uh, I was in DC and I took the Metro and I went by RFK and I took some video of RFK and everything. And I was just thinking about, man, how great would it be if they took that stadium that's still kind of half there because it's falling apart. If they just tore that down and then rebuilt and sure, there's all kinds of obstacles. There's the, is there enough space? Is there easy in and easy out? All that stuff. There's a lot of questions to be answered. But D.C. is where the team belongs. And if they put it at the old RFK site, you'd, pro you'd probably get the Virginia folks and the Maryland folks to say, you know what, if it's not going to be in my state, then I'm okay with it being in D.C. Yeah. So I, that would be my vote. I would like it there, but I don't know if they have enough space or infrastructure. So much that has to go right. Political yeah. Uh, sway that's another I, big one I, I think that's the biggest hurdle honestly because there is infrastructure there they had the stadium there for years yeah. 295 is a mess regardless of what you're going to do right. in that area uh, but having the metro literally right there I mean yeah. the metro is what I don't like about some of the options we've seen for Virginia and Maryland 
the metro's like a mile away. I, I get it. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, walking's not that bad, especially if you've got a few drinks in you, you might need to sober up a little bit. Yeah. But a mile is 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 not fun to do going to and from the stadium, especially yeah. the walks that you have to do. If it's a mile of shops and an experience and everything yeah that would probably be more welcoming than a mile of let's cross the you know 495 bridge and let's move you know do things like that that's not fun the one the one in the you know fedex right now you know does have uh a stop but like you said it's it's not quite a mile but it's close to that and it's all uphill if you're going to the stadium so that walk is is quite the walk going up to the stadium but they can fix that. It doesn't mean that the new stadium has to be on the exact spot that FedEx is. They could build it closer to the metro sure. and play in FedEx. While I think the they have goes. still have 200 acres of land in that yeah. area to, that tons to play of area. with. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Again, whatever they end up doing, they're still going to tick off a, a lot of different people, which you, you're never going to win in these things. Now, also, Sunday, I went to uh, the Orioles game, right? And... You know, I've been to the, you know, I've been to all the teams around here, stadiums and all that other stuff. And I can't figure out why FedEx is so hard to get in and out of because the, because it is right on a a massive interstate and there's, you can come in on one side, you can come in on the other side. There's tons of parking and everything, but they just haven't figured out how to do it right. And when I went to the stadium in Baltimore, which is right downtown, it is also right off the interstate. And I was out of there in less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. It was just zoop right out. And there were 30-something thousand fans. Now, a FedEx game, hopefully, is going to have 60,000 fans. It's going to have double that. But still, I don't know why they can't figure that out. Because there is so many ingress and egress spots in FedEx. I don't know. But it... It just seems like that's an okay place to have a stadium just because of all the different roads and interstates that are so close. And and to me, it's not a location situation. It's a inefficiency of whoever has designed the traffic flow situation. Yeah. Well, we'll probably have an infrastructure podcast another time. <laughs> another day. We're going to get back into the football. It is going to be the new 53. Oh, I love the 53. Right after this message. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 